real quick update from one of the last podcasts that we talked about. So when Disney bought Fox, they bought like the movie studio, 20th Century Fox, um, you know, their cable networks like FX and Nash, Nat, Nat Geo and things like that. But um, News Corp is going to continue owning and uh, operating their broadcast networks like Fox Sports, Fox News, and Fox Business Brands. So hmm. I thought that I would, as I think I stated in the last podcast, that I would actually do some research about what I'm talking about. And thusly, this is the research that I was talking about. Congrats. Yay. I follow up on things. <laughs> So both you and I love first-person shooters. You love them more than I do. Um, you're awesome at them, uh, but I'm getting better. But the 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 thing about first-person shooters is, I think because you and I never experienced the war zone, that any kind of well, I wouldn't say any, but most of the scenarios that we're put into, we just kind of accept them as just a video game, and that's it. Even right. though some of them might be. You know, like World War Two and, and, and Battlefield One. Those are obviously things that happened. But we kind of, you know, separate ourselves from the reality and we still want to kill as many people as possible. And a couple of weeks back, there was some news going around about this new game called Active Shooter. That was basically you could either play the uh, the character of the shooter or play the character of the policeman or, you know, the SWAT team, I guess. And you could either kill as many civilians as you can or try and stop the shooter. Obviously, this sounds like a really bad idea because this comes in about the time that we have a lot of school shootings. And this is literally set in a school. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah. But fast forward till now, uh, not only has Steam not allowed this game to be available to purchase... um, the developer themselves cannot make any other game under their developer name. And then Oof. Steam came out and <laughs> said, well, to the, ca- the, the, the end caveat is Steam came out and said, well, the, the guy that made this, his whole thing is just a, a trollish kind of uh, reaction. He just wants this kind of reaction out of the general public just because. And I guess I wanted to ask you, before we knew that he was a troll, uh, did you hear about this game, Active Shooter, and like what you thought of it? Um, did I hear about it? No, that's easy. Uh, but how do I feel about it? Man, I there was a game a couple years ago called... Oh, what was it called? It wasn't called Rage. It was... Something along those lines where it just was like hate. I think it was hate is what it was called. Um, and it was basically the same thing. is like you were a person who wanted to kill civilians for no apparent reason. Um, and there was no other objective on the game. Like uh, people were comparing. Some people compared the game to Grand Theft Auto. But Grand Theft Auto, you have alternate objectives. And you don't have to kill civilians. There's no reward for doing that. Um, but in this game, it's the exact same thing. It's just, it was, you need to kill, uh, civilians. And, you know, I I think of the same thing on this game is it's just like, why? Like, it's so obvious that you're just doing this to get a reaction out of someone. 
It's like painfully obvious. And people say like, oh, well, free speech and people should be able right. to make what they want, blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay, great. Awesome. They, Yeah, you're right. They can make whatever they want, but I, that doesn't mean that they can be sold everywhere. There's games rated adults only, and you notice how they're not sold in the single store anywhere? This mm-hmm. is the exact same thing. You can make it. You totally can. But no one wants to sell your game because... Everyone is embarrassed for you. I, I'm generally a person who's in favor of free speech, um, even if I don't really agree with your speech. What I disagree with is the type of speech to incite hatred and to ins- and, and to romanticize, like, I guess, violence that is of the... I mean, I guess it's kind of hypocritical to say that, but... It just seems like violence for violence sake. Yeah. I mean, at least with World War one, with battlefield one, modern warfare, uh, and world war two from call of duty. Those had a storyline in which that we know how it played out in history. And then you have alternative histories with Wolfenstein where the Nazis did win and you have to kind of, you know, pick your way out of that but it's 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 okay because you're killing nazis (laughs) um and nazis were horrible and terrible people and they did terrible things for the for the uh for the sake of hatred not necessarily for the sake of you know i don't know having a good and moral ending but with, with this especially if you play the the point of view of the shooter. And while the, the game itself doesn't say you're killing students, who the hell is that at schools? Random people? No, they're students. <laughs> and just in the last three weeks, maybe the last couple of months, you know, there's the Parkland shooting. There was another shooting maybe three weeks ago. There's a shooting in a middle school two weeks ago. I mean, again, it's something that we can relate to, and I've I've actually asked the servicemen who've who've been in the line of duty, who've done the things that you and I not dream about, but that we play games with, and I and I asked them like, how is it? How do you play these games, and basically emulate what you actually did on the battlefield? He's like, well, at least with these games, I can come home. Oh wow, that that kind of stuck with me. You know, I have a I have a buddy that you know has served in like Iraq on like I don't, I don't know what to call it, like the front lines or whatever. Um, and I asked him that same question a couple of years ago of you know do you play these games and how do you cope with them? And he told me um, for like Call of Duty, it's nothing. For Call of Duty and that kind of stuff, it it is like drinking water like it's it's no big deal it's just fun games but stuff like he told me battlefield 4 or battlefield 3 at the time one of the two way it just too realistic for him it literally it was it was too much for him and he couldn't play the game because it gave him like these not ptsd flashbacks but like close to um that just made him very uneasy and would make his body like you know react differently um Especially, he said one of the worst was the uh, in the in the game. There's a vehicle called the Warthog, and it's a gargantuan airplane that 
is meant for like bombing runs but not yeah the, on... a, the, the a10 warthog yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like bombing runs on both armored and like patrol targets and mm-hmm. it has a very very distinct noise when it's doing its bombing runs um, and they captured it in the game perfectly, like crazy perfectly. But he said that is the problem is Call of Duty, like it sounds somewhat the same, but there's a definite arcadey feel to it. Whereas Battlefield apparently was way too audio realistic and he couldn't do it. Well, I'm just glad at the end of all this that Valve was actually able to do a little bit of research, find out that the developer just does this just for, for you know, for giggles and got it off the mainstream market. I don't even know if there's a real game. It's probably just vaporware. He just wanted the limelight. But I think I think to, to use this as an, uh, a, a practice for displaying freedom of speech is the wrong way to go about it. You know, you can have your own your own ideas about gun laws and whatnot, and that's fine. We don't all have to agree on that. But to do something that is of the current state of everybody's social fabric and to try to profit off of it, that's that's just disgusting, and he's the disgusting human being. This goes back to a previous conversation that we were talking about people making like the swastika in a kid's video game with their characters, like aligning their characters for the symbol and being like, it's just a symbol. Like, why do you care? It's just a symbol. It just goes back to that of like, you're all you're doing is just trying to toe the line and see how far you can take it before you get in trouble. And then calling the people that, you know, call you out and saying, oh, well, why are you, why are you calling me out? Free speech, blah, 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 blah. Stop, dude. Like, this is just yeah. annoying. This is... You're just doing this to get on people's nerves and see how far their nerves will take it. Like, you're not you're not impressing anyone. Just stop. That's what the internet's for. So I was at a family barbecue the other night, and we were around the fire pit, and somebody asked an interesting question, which was... What did you believe for far too long in your life? What do you Okay, that's a little vague. What do you what do you mean by that? So, an example of that would be like uh your parents told you that if you didn't wear your seatbelt and uh you'd immediately go to jail. Like that is no ifs ands or buts. You're you're going to jail. They're mm-hmm. they're going to catch you. They know they can they have seatbelt sensors and you're just going to go to jail. <laughs> and you believed that until you were like 14. 14 really no okay. uh, well that's not <laughs> hold on that's not mine <laughs> i know i know i know i'm just kidding i'm kidding uh you naive little guy no I'm kidding <laughs> so did did you have an example so i don't know who if, if someone told me this or someone just didn't tell me that i was wrong for the longest time but it wasn't until i was probably in my teens that you know how uh like companies will have like a pens with their brand on it or you know little Mm -hmm. little swag things with their their brands on it i thought they made those like oh i thought that you know oh okay so uh not only does progressive offer insurance but they also manufacture pens (laughs) they've diversified (laughs) yep (laughs) 
That's adorable, though. That's uh, yeah. It, that 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 definitely sounds like something that my my kids ask me, you know, till now. Like, did Microsoft make those glasses? Like, you know, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yes. Hopefully, one day you correct them, but not too long. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I I don't remember anything specific that my parents told me that had a a long-term effect on how I acted or reacted to the world surrounding me. Uh, But one thing I do remember is that growing up, when you're learning history of like the mid-1900s, specifically things of World War II, you learn about the the Axis powers, the Allied forces, and you obviously learn who the good guys and the bad guys are. And then if you look at the early stages of World War II and you look at Britain, England, you know, they're being bombed to crap. The, I mean, that's where you, you get the, you know, the, the all the, you know, subway stations, the underground stations, they were essentially bomb shelters for all, you know, these millions of people, mm-hmm. you know, and it just all these all this carpet bombing happening throughout England, you just felt for these people. And it was terrible. You know, I I had talked to senior citizens when I lived in England who lived through that and just the terror that they had in their voice when they were talking about, you know, going through it. And they were just, you know, teenagers. They were kids. They could do nothing. So I felt terrible. Wow. But... What I'm saying is there are always two sides to stories. And the flip side of that story is, well, England was doing the same thing to Germany. Like a lot. A lot. Not in necessarily the major metropolitan, like, you know, Frankfurt or Berlin. Mm -hmm. They were bombing key outposts that were filled with civilians with no regard of life. Who lived? Who died? They're just making a point. You bomb us, we're going to bomb you. And I get it. I get it. It's war. You know. But when I found out that England, who ironically created an empire doing just this for (laughs) thousands of years, when I found out that they did take the offensive in World War II, it's not that I felt less you know, sympathy for the ones that dealt with the, you know, uh, you know, the, the bombings within London. I still felt bad for them because they were kids. They, they could do nothing. But I did feel a little less sympathy for England as a whole for their, their position in the war because I felt like they were the little dog that was back, backed into the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, they were kind of little, but they were not backed into a corner. So... I don't know. It doesn't obviously make me feel any different about the outcome of the war. You know, screw the Nazis. I'm glad they're done and over with um, for the most part. But uh, yeah, it was it was that at least was kind of kind of eye opening. Um, but now that I talk about that, when you know. The the going back to what you were saying about, you know, something that your parents told you. Uh, that was that you thought that was going to be true forever and ever was something that my 
my my mother and father kept on pushing into me and this is kind of cliche i will admit but you know it's it's that you know when you get into a relationship you have to open up you have to be an open book you have to be able to talk and you have to be able to communicate with the other person and everybody wants to do this and that was the key everybody wants to talk everybody wants to communicate they want to be heard they want to they want their story to be on the table and for the 35 years that I've been alive that's not true and coming to terms with that and it's not just coming to terms now it's just kind of a gradual experience even before I was married just coming to terms with that that's been the hard part because my mother being the PhD psychologist who has no problem talking about what's on her mind talking to me about what's on my mind and then I go out and date and nobody wants to talk <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I'm like what the hell well, it goes back to like the the fallacy of like uh, just be yourself and it will happen naturally and it's like well hang on like you shouldn't be fake when like dating and stuff like that but you also shouldn't be entirely yourself because sure. maybe you don't have some admiral traits and you should be a little extra you know kind or something during that initial date but should you well it's it's I a bad example you... it's a it's a bad example but like don't don't you think that puts you up on uh, on a standard or not a standard but it, it, you set the bar right there and then the only way you can go is down you know well that was a bad example um okay <laughs> a better example would probably be like you're maybe not a super social butterfly and you've got to kind of push yourself not necessarily to be a social butterfly but to just get out there and talk to people um and so you know being yourself would be just hermiting in your house and doing whatever uh but you know pushing yourself would be just getting outside of your normal social bubble and talking to people you know it's not going to happen naturally if you're at home talking to no one day in and day out i'm sorry but it's not going to happen naturally when you don't give it the opportunity to happen naturally so i don't know when the first time it was that i that i saw these um in science fiction but i think i remember in back to the future there might have been something like a digital license plate and i thought that was a cool idea and then i saw on MythBusters, that they also had created digital license plates. Now, these were either fiction or just you know working prototypes, but they're never legal. And California, as of the beginning of this month, uh, June 2018, is actually testing digital license plates and vehicles up in Sacramento. And uh, essentially, the benefit of this would be that they could manage the license plate remotely. You wouldn't have to get stickers to renew your, uh, renew your, you know, uh, what's it called, your registration every year. They would just be able to change the registration year uh, uh, remotely. Uh, they are e-ink displays, like a Kindle, so you could see it in the light. See okay, it's, the got, it's got like the rotating balls and stuff. The rotating balls. 
isn't that what Kindles do? Is they have little microscopic uh, rotating black and white balls, and depending on what needs to be on the display, they swap between the two. I guess if that's how e-ink display works, then yes. I just call them e-ink display, and then I don't ask about the technology because it's black, oh, black okay. and white. <laughs> anyway, then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this this uh, this is available, I guess, in, in, in limited testing here in California. For individual consumers, it's $700 plus the installation and then, then a monthly fee of 7 bucks. So... Granted, it's not something that is being rolled out to everybody, but wait, back up, seven bucks a month. Yes. Why? Because uh, the company that's maintaining it, you need to pay them like a maintenance fee. But seven bucks a month, goodness! Think about this. Like if they weren't charging you, you might see ads on your car or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but. <laughs> Well, again, th- this that is just this is like brand new. So much money. No, I I get it, and like if you were you know the amount that your car registration costs every year, it can, it can be between one hundred twenty to maybe I don't know two hundred some dollars depending on the size, shape, and, and you know um, you know situation of your car. That's a lot cheaper than seven bucks a month plus seven hundred dollars just just to buy it. But I, I'm I'm not talking about the here and now because when you you talk about something that's brand new, it's always going to be expensive and crazy. Okay, fair. In the future, do you think this is a good idea, or do you think that this is just this is going to be a hodgepodge of of craziness? Because the more that we electrify and 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 create uh, the ability for for people to manipulate, you know. The, the things that we use every day do you think that that would that's going to be beneficial to us or that's just going to be easier for people to take advantage of it um i guess the the questions would be like how easy is it to hack right i mean obviously neither of us are going to be in any sort of position to uh know the answer to that question but how how easy is it going to be to hack how like you said, they automatically update it, right? Well, when the uh, when it needs to be updated with your registration, the visual license plate itself will be updated. Uh, right, but they can do that remotely. Right, exactly. You don't have to go in. You don't have to go to the DMV. You might still have to smog if you have a, you know, you know your standard catalytic converter car. Um, but but how are they updating it remotely? That's my question cuz then that comes into like them tracking the car right. and Yes, so that's the other thing. So the benefit of them being able to track your car, we can kind of get past that because hell, they're tracking our phones anyways. So we we give them a little bit of little bit of our privacy data because we we find the benefit over the privacy. You know, we, we use our phones because okay. it gives us so much benefits. And then, hell, you know that I'm in San Francisco versus San Diego. Fine. But with this, the benefit of, you know, giving up some of your privacy would be that, you know, if someone were to be looking for your vehicle with this, they could find it. You know, if you were somewhat of a, of, of a missing person, um, it would be easier um, to use the plates 
on like city vehicles for public service messages like amber alerts, street closures, things like that. So you wouldn't be owning the license plate. You're basically renting it, hence the $7 a month or whatever the monthly fee would be in the end. So the average consumer most likely wouldn't have the ability to put a little message for the person that cut them off. So that's probably not a good example. Um, But for people that do hack it and they do things like that, you know, they could, you know, run a toll booth. We have toll booths over here. I know you only have one in Utah, but we have, you know, multiple. (laughs) They could run a toll booth or they could be in the, uh, you know, in the uh, HOV lane or something like that and change their license plate number, you know, get caught by a camera. But hey, who cares? They switch it back to the real license plate or another license plate number and, you know, and and they're off scot-free. So... These are little things that I was thinking about, and I'm sure there's ways around it, and I'm sure there's ways to prevent it. But do we need a fully digital world that just... What's wrong with just... Are we are we spending that much in adhesive and stickers for our our uh, registration tags? That Well, I can see that these aren't going to take like much electricity, so that's... Well, that's what the E-Ink you know, display is. In the yeah. long run... Yeah, in the long run, that they they're not gonna, they are gonna be beneficial if everyone was doing it. But just it sounds like the cost really outweighs the benefits for now. Yeah, I mean, I like if they're able to cut out the seven dollars and just make it you know enveloped into the main cost because what what's seven times twelve? That's that's, that's eighty four bucks. So just just tack it on top of of the annual cost of your registration. I don't see why there needs to be a monthly fee. It, it just you know subscriptions just make things worse. And then just yeah, we've got enough subscriptions. That's for yeah, sure. Seriously. And then just 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 kind of you know, I don't know. I I I think again we're we're at the early stages of this, so we're not quite sure who would use this. If this is something that's only going to be for city officials right now, or you know when the general populace can 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 own it. And the other question that I had was me being a native of not native, but me being a resident of you know Solano County here in you know just forty five minutes shy of. Uh, of Sacramento, actually, do do I can I go up there and get one myself, is, is, or is this like literally limited to this only works in Sacramento? And then when you cross that that you know that border, that digital border, the license plate no longer works. So I don't know. Oh yeah, that's going to be a huge issue because it's going to be oh yeah, this is legal in these states, but not in these states. You need a regular one for these states and. Eventually, I could see you know everyone adopting it, but like during that interim time, like that's gonna be the worst. So it looks like there's one company right now that has the bid on the one in California. But you're right. If other companies and other states, like, well, we can do the same thing, but cheaper for the state of Utah. And of course, our license plates are gonna look different because you know we're in a different state. You know, are 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 those license plates going to be? recognizable in the state of California. I mean, there, there's a lot of legislative, you know, things, uh, hurdles that are going to have to be dealt with. Um, and I'm sure there's other benefits, cost um, benefits that I'm just not seeing right now. You know, maybe it costs way more money to have actual people go through the physical registration forms every year versus just having a machine do it. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So... I guess we'll see, but uh, once again, California's ahead of everybody on something that nobody wants. 
for <laughs> for for the, <laughs> for the uh, short term foreseeable future. It's a good way of saying it. So, real quick follow up on this, uh, Mark Meacham, the uh, YouTuber known as Count Dankula. He's the guy that you know trained his girlfriend's dog to lift up its right paw every time it heard certain phrases or saw certain things on the TV screen. He said it was super cute to have the super cute dog do the most terrible thing. And uh, he was arrested for that. And uh, there was a fear that Mr. Dankula would be sent to jail for doing something that was satirical. You know, it was, you know, parody. It was meant to be a joke. Whether, right. you know, the, the actual nature of it, you probably don't want to go that far. It's kind of what you were saying earlier, which is very trollish in nature. It's like, why would you do that? Yes, it's not, you know, it is kind of freedom of speech, but why would you do that? Uh, anyways, he was arrested. He did not go to jail, but he was fined 800 pounds, which is about the equivalent to 1,117 bucks and 34 cents. I don't know. Um, I think that's fair. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I, I I also heard that he's going to appeal that. I'm like, just just take your licks, dude. Just be glad you're not in jail for the stupid thing. Yeah, I mean, like our our previous conversation, it I I see where he's coming from. Of like, I'm just doing a stupid joke, and the joke the joke, like we said before, was in bad taste. But at the same time, it's it's still just a joke, and it's not actually harming anyone. Like, uh I'm glad he didn't go to jail. I, I'm very happy about that. I really did not think he deserved to go to jail over something so trivial and dumb. But $1,000 also, like, I just hope they, they took his income into account. Um, that $1,000 is something, like, that will affect him but doesn't cripple him. Because if he's, like, you know, paycheck to paycheck kind of thing, like, that is going to hurt. Well, I think... During and I, I could be wrong. Somebody can correct me. But during this whole debacle, I don't think he's been uploading to YouTube, um, other than some maybe updates that he's allowed to say legally to say that you know. Is that like his business? Is yeah, YouTube? He, he is a YouTuber. Um, oh, okay. He was he was interviewed. Uh, you know, kind of during all of this. This is this is something that's happened for the last two years. Uh, it started two years ago. It really just ended the, earlier this year. So. Now, I was just going to say, over the last two years, he, he couldn't get a job because he was known as that guy. You know, no no employer would, would be able to take him seriously or wanted, yeah, or wanted to deal with someone who would who would have this over, looming over their head. Yeah, that's, that's the other big problem I have with this fine is he's already been fined in the form of not being able to get a job for two years. Yeah. He's already, like had to have quite the rough spell. Yeah, I mean, some might say he deserves that. You know, you put something out there on the internet uh, that is, you know, definitely on the on the cusp of of kind of being hate speech. I mean, that's what he was arrested for. Uh, but it also is done out of, well, at least trying to be done out of humor. So... You know, when you're in that quandary, usually the one thing that my parents taught me was, and I haven't really learned this too well, but one thing my parents did teach me was, is this okay to do? And if you have to ask that question, it's probably not, right? 
And I, I, mm-hmm. I wonder if before he hit that publish button, if something in his head was like, is this okay? You know, because he already saw his girlfriend's reaction. And maybe she even said something to him like, don't, that's not cool. I wouldn't put that out. And he's like, well, you know, that smidgen of doubt was overpowered by the millions of views that he could potentially have. And for hell's sake, mm-hmm. he got it. <laughs> more more attention Here's than he wanted. Here's an interesting question then is, did YouTube, uh, what do they do? They unmonetize his videos? Did YouTube do that? I don't think so. I don't think you... I would... I'd be surprised if they didn't. They, from what I've understood, is they are on like a unmonetizing streak. They just want to unmonetize like everyone for any reason. And so I could totally see him getting... Oh, demonetized. There we go. Demonetized. That's the term. Yeah. I don't know if YouTube specifically demonetized all of his videos. Maybe they demonetized that video specifically. I... I'm I'm not sure I I could maybe look it up, um, but uh, yeah, e- even that man. I mean, even as a YouTuber, he can always go back to being the YouTuber. But he's going to be that YouTuber that created this, and he kind of set a precedent. Unfortunately, that especially if you're a YouTuber in the UK. Or somebody of a public figure in the UK. You have to watch what you say. And that's more of a UK issue versus a YouTube issue. But, you know, it's... It is a little little, little frightening. You know, because we, we think that the UK is very much of free speech like we are. But you forget, you know, they, their laws are very different from 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 us you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i i feel like if i was judge and juror per se uh i'd look at the fact that his life has been put on hold for two years and be like that was quite the punishment because what did he do like his, his girlfriend or whatever had to have supported him for the last two years that would suck mm-hmm. that would suck something fierce um, just an update on that. Uh, back in March, he tweeted out literally every single video on my channel has been demonetized. Even stuff that was already approved after manual review, YouTube seems to have changed its mind after already approving over a half of them. It goes back years. So yeah, I, I highly doubt that. At least not under this channel that he could that he could survive. He would have to create a whole new channel, which he can't. He's completely allowed to do. Um, he has to build up the subscribers all over again, which I'm sure he would have no problem doing. You know, um, he definitely had a lot of people that were in his corner. But it just it just makes you, you know, I, I had two videos demonetized. They were they were pulled from YouTube and they were of something for my vaping channel that it was completely legal. But because it has something to do with marijuana and YouTube changed its stance on videos promoting marijuana products and things like that. It hit me, even though what I have is completely legal. CBD is completely legal. It's not it's not something that you need a marijuana license to buy or sell or whatever. Uh, I was hit by that. So now it makes me rethink um, not just about CBD videos, but about vaping videos in general. Is 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 YouTube going to come down 
on tobacco products, like promoting promoting uh, alternatives to smoking cigarettes, because that's what vaping is, you know, not at the core necessarily. But that's one way that we, we look at vaping is it is alternative to that of having a regular cigarette, cigar or pipe or whatever. Right. At what point does YouTube say, you know, what, we don't want to promote this at all or or have you promote it? And not only can you not make money off of it, we're going to pull the video so you can't even show people. So now people in that kind of community have created their own video upload service called WeedTube, which is kind of hilarious. But it, <laughs> but it, it's causing people to not leave in droves, but it's causing people to maybe look at alternatives. Mm-hmm. And although YouTube is the giant for right now, every giant falls. Yeah, the only thing I think about that whole the giant falls thing is something's going to take its place though like it's always going to have this kind of this kind of service is going to have something to fill that gap if you if you take it out it's just going to create a void a vacuum effect yeah and something's going to fill it in and it's going to be the same thing all over again just with a different name and a different set of people in charge no I, i i don't disagree or discount that at all but i'm i'm i guess my point is that YouTube has a problem with communication about their policies. And I know it's going to be different across borders, across countries, you know, and, and, and I understand that, but, but, um, they have, they have to get better about saying in very clear cut language, this is what you can do. This is what you cannot do. And kind of like that TLDR website that you that you uh, directed me to when it comes to TNCs and stuff like that, they need to create a their own TLDR of their TNCs to make it mm-hmm. very clear. A lot less legalese and a lot more. This is here. It is black and white. And I, I I freaking hate the legalese because it just makes me think that you are trying to catch me and doing something I'm not supposed to do, so you can come, so you can come after me. You know. Mm-hmm. Like that that's what I hate about the fine print and that's what I hate about the forty pages of legalese. It's kind of what Facebook is Mark Zuckerberg is uh well, a couple of weeks ago being being asked about in front of in front of, you know, Congress and in front of Parliament a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know, man. Uh again, going back to the topic at hand, I'm glad he's not in jail. Eight hundred pounds. I'm sure he can well, I don't know if he can pay for it anymore. I'm sure all of his YouTube money's been kind of exhausted by now. I know there's been a couple of GoFundMe campaigns for him for people that do want to support him, but even that's going to run out. So I hope he's able to land on his feet somehow, but also learn from this to really decide what kind of if he wants to be a YouTuber, what kind of YouTuber he wants to be. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an adventure for him for sure. All right, well, I think that is it. But next week, you and I are doing something super exciting. We're going to be at E3, which means we probably won't do a podcast. But we, we might do a, an update of sorts. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll have a a voice recorder on me, and I you, you and I can do a quick 15-minute update on the flow. Uh, on the flow? On the flow of the floor. Wow. Wow. That was that was rough. That was very bad. Um you okay? I fine. Thanks, hon. Uh 
yeah no i uh we'll see we'll see how it goes but until then uh thanks a lot for listening guys definitely appreciate it we're now on anchor dot fm but you can still find us through your your standard uh you know channels and whatnot but if you want to communicate with us, you can actually leave us voicemails through the Anchor app. And you can ask us questions and we can play them on air on the next episode and answer them. Or just read them off. No, it's, it's, they can call in like, like a call-in show. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I don't know how I feel. Oh. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Tony's Tony's uh, not only telling you guys this, but also telling me this at the same time. Ta-da! <laughs> this is your uh, Monday surprise. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. Uh, but we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. But in any event, until then, Fire, how can people find you? Fire, huh? Quinton, Mr. Mr. Q, how can people find you? <laughs> Um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Xbox at Firewall. With that weird spelling. As for me, you could find me on Xbox Live, just my last name, Hannity's, and all the other social networks. It will be found in the description down below or off to the side, however your podcast feed works. Uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter at Still Recording. We, uh, every once in a while, put a post on there. We'll try to get better at that. Um, Until then, thank you very much for listening. See you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.